0: and we can pray for the peace of Jerusalem. I ask that you pour out a special anointing today for this presentation called The Return. that I Afraid and unsure, like a little lamb, you have gone astray. You have wandered far from your father. Now you're all alone, so far from your home, weary from your running away.
1: or ha
2: rise and get ready to give our father honor this morning as we get ready to step into worship this morning If you haven't been here welcome to new hope community church uh, i'm glad to have you guys here and i'm glad to see new faces and new friends um we're about to give our father honor so if we can all get ready to bow our heads you know our father has done so many things for us in many different ways and maybe some of you guys are new to this situation or new to, wh- to who god is but i ask that you just allow him to use you this morning um come empty come ready to receive something Let him just be a blessing in your life. Empty yourself so that you can gain what he has this morning for us. Our Father is great, he's a healer, he's a redeemer. He does so many things for us. So let's just give him honor. Lord, I thank you so much for just allowing us all to wake up this morning, Father, and allowing us to be here. Father, change our minds as we get ready to step into your worship, into your presence, Lord. And allow us to see you and seek you through our trials and through our storms. Father, build us up. Build us up this morning, Lord. Fill us up with your love and your joy. Lord. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Sometimes you got to shine in the darkness, see through the fire, praise. SURA All about you. Everything we do for you, everything we do is for you, Father. Nothing we do is for ourselves, Lord, but for you and your kingdom, Lord. So, Father, I thank you for this time of worship, Lord. Let us remember everything, everything that we do should be for you, Lord. So that everything that has breath should praise the Lord. So, Father, fill us up with your love and your joy. So that we can praise you like we never praised you before. So that we can shout your name and give you glory like we never have before, Father. Father, I ask you right now to come. Come fill this church up, Father. Fill these people up, Lord. Allow them to seek you and see you this morning, Father. Search their hearts, search their minds. Find out what's hurting them, Lord. and Allow them to bring it to you. In your name I pray, Lord, put a special blessing upon this service, Lord, as we get ready to hear your word. Fill these kids up, Father. Fill them up because they're up next, Lord. Give these teachers the protection. Give these teachers the the strength to preach and teach these kids this morning, Lord, so that they can hear your word or speak your word. Father, allow this church to come empty and not full. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Before we move on to our next thing, Janet, if you could please.
3: Good morning guys. Good morning. Come on birthday boy. <laughs> Come on Pastor Rick. Good morning guys. As you all know, today is Pastor Rick's birthday. we going to celebrate him at the Fellowship Hall, okay? All of us. We're going to celebrate him. Today is, all, is only how old are you, Pastor? Forty-seven. Forty-seven. Still young. Um, and today also, um, in October is the Pastor Appreciation Month, so we're gonna celebrate two in one. So uh, you know, it's Pastor Appreciation Month. So. Pastor well, Rick, happy birthday, and um, I wish all the best in life, and then, uh, I pray that God will bless you more, good health, peace, and fill you with love and everything that you need in life. Uh, and we appreciate you for everything, what for what you're doing in this uh, church. We cannot thank you enough for what you're doing. You sacrifice a lot. You sacrifice, you sacrifice even your good job just to be our pastor. Thank you, Lord. And uh, thank you guys. And we cannot find a pastor just like you. And uh, I just want to thank you uh, for and for your family that you are always here, you know. And then even though it's not your job, you're doing it. You, you uh, sometimes you are a carpenter. Sometimes you you clean the toilet and everything. And thank you for that. And we're just very sorry that uh, sometimes if you need us, you are not here. But thank thank you that you are always here, you know. And I thank God that uh, he gave you a lot of strength and patience and sacrifices for all of us. You know, and we love you and uh, we thank you for everything for what you're doing. And right now I want to call Bianca, Brother Dan, Steve and Darlene to pray for pastor and you guys. You raise your hands, uh, uh, toward Pastor Rick to pray for him. Come on, guys. Brother Dad. Oh, uh, Pastor Rick. Before I forget, uh, this is from all of us. This is uh, and I, you guys, I just wanna thank you for your generosity. That uh, every year I do this, you know, just like a, you know, uh, my husband called me mafia. So every October, you know, I come to you guys to sign the card and ask for, you know, for uh, to bless our pastor. But as I told to my husband, it's okay. I'm, I can be a mafia for pastoring. <laughs> this is from all of us. Thank you, guys. And thank you for, every, uh, for all the people who uh, cooked today and bring some food to, you know, to eat after the church. Thank you, guys. Nice. Thank you Here, so Pastor, much, Jan. I appreciate enjoy. you so much. Thank okay, you. Okay, guys. You guys stretch your hands forward, Pastor Rick. Sherry. We know it's your special day, Pastor, but we need the woman that completes you. All right. <laughs> Fair enough.
4: <laughs> Don't we have oh, amazing God, pastors God. in this church? Yeah.
3: I forgot we have the best we have the best pastor in town
4: (laughs) I mean you guys all know that pastor Rick like Jana says he does sacrifices a lot you guys might not see that he does a lot behind the scenes you know so what pastor can you say will do that you know not a lot of pastors will get down and dirty to make sure that their church is up and running they always delegate and put that he off that on, on other, other people. people, but our pastor does not you know so that is truly a blessing, and what a blessing to have this mighty woman of God that stands beside him because as he sacrifices, she sacrifices as well, so if we can just go ahead and stretch our hands out to them. Father God, first and foremost, we just want to thank you. We want to thank you for waking us up this morning to see this beautiful day that you have made. But Father, right now, we just thank you for Pastor Rick. We thank you for his life. We thank you for his dedication. We thank you for his service, Father God. Thank you for pulling this mighty man out of a deep, dark place, out of those deep places, and showing him the light, Father God. Thank you for putting the calling upon him and him saying yes to it and not running, Father God. There could have been a lot of other things that he could have been doing, but he decided to answer your call and step into your glory, into your presence, Father God. And we just want to thank you for that right now. We thank you for his wife, Sherry, for staying by him and sticking by him, even through the dark times, Father God. But, you know, she was a praying woman, and she prayed for her husband and now her pastor, Father God, and we thank you for her. We thank you for their lives together because you brought two to become one. We thank you for Taylor, their child, Father God, for them raising them in the eyes of you. And we thank you for Trey for stepping in to become part of the family as their son-in-law and Taylor's husband, father god because you have brought them to together as well father god we thank you for their children because children are a blessing they are a gift from you father god this is what you call a family that is whole father even though they may struggle they don't show it they give you all the honor and the glory they put their feet one step in front of each other, and you order their steps everywhere they go, Father God. And we thank you for this mighty man and this mighty woman that you have called to become our pastors here at New Hope, Father God. We just give them the honor and the glory and happy birthday to our pastor. And it is Pastor Appreciation Month, and we thank him from the bottom of our hearts.
0: Father God, what a privilege it is to be under this man's uh, authority and as he shepherds us, Lord. And we know that he's under your authority. He's a shepherd under the great shepherd, Lord. We thank you for this past year, Lord, and the blessings that you've bestowed upon us, Lord. We just marvel at the visions that he has for our church, and as they come to fruition, Lord, we pray this coming year, Lord, into your hands for him and his wife, Lord, and things that he envisions for our church, Lord. We know that he always comes unto you, to you, Lord, for answers to his prayers, Lord, and the blessings that will be bestowed upon us, Lord, through his, as he shepherds us, Lord. We just thank you, and we pray for his future health, and Sherry's health, Lord, may You always uh, bless them, protect them, and guide them, in Your Son Jesus' great name.
2: Father, may You grant Sherry and Rick an abundance of years together, Lord. May they grow old together. And may they see the fruits of their labors. And I
3: ask this in Jesus' name.
1: Standing here, to everybody, pray. There's something wrong with this church. Like I hear the messages. I, I, I hear what's being preached. And I look at this man's life. And, you know, everything from cleaning the floating turds down in the basements of the boiler works to pulling guys out of the bar to just crazy stuff. And I just had a conversation yesterday with a, with a fellow. something that needs to change in you. There's a There's a There's an anointing God's going to do a shift in you to stop teaching so much ministry and begin to teach lifestyle. Because it's the lives that we live which should be ministry. And when those two get mixed up, it's all about ministry. It's all about titles. It's all about that church. It's all about, it's all about us. But when it becomes a lifestyle, the lifestyle that this man lives, That's what makes a difference. That's what makes a church. And I think that's the anointing that God's going to give you this particular year of your life. And he's going to take you to places that you haven't been before. And he's going to put you in front of people that you haven't spoken to before. And even these people that sit before you today, those are the things that need to be taught. You've already taught ministry. We all know ministry. Now the anointing that will come on your life That it would no longer be ministry, but it will be life. So, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, I just ask you to come and fill this man of God. That the words that he speaks from this day forward would be your words. Father, a fresh anointing, a new anointing, that out of his belly will flow rivers of living water. That nothing but new wine would come out of him. Father, to set the captives free from a religious mindset. Father, set them free from a mindset of religion and ministry so that that could be imparted into lifestyle for the people that need it. So Father, bless them this year. Fresh anointing, new anointing. Set them free. Set them free to do what you have called them to do. In Jesus' name.
4: Before we move on, we should bring up Taylor and Trey as well. So if you guys can come up here. And the last thing that I want is because Pastor Rick and Sherry has poured into them. So now it's time. For them to pour into Pastor Rick and Sherry. So I'm going to ask Trey if he would pray over his father-in-law and mother-in-law and his wife as well. I will be in the King James
2: Version. (laughs) (laughs) Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, 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 I thank you so much just for pointing me into this family, Lord. Uh, Honestly, I thank you so much for the things you've done in my life, Lord, and the things you're continuing to do, Father. Uh, I thank you for uh, Sherry and Ricky, Father, for for you allowing, and allowing them to deal with me, Lord, and deal with everything that I bring to the table, Father. It's a lot. God, you gave them the strength to deal with that, and Father, you, you, you did miraculous things in my life. I can't thank you enough. Uh, thank you for giving me a beautiful wife and, and, and creating a family for me, Lord. And uh, just taking away the generational curses that I've done had in my family, Lord. And just repairing my life and repairing our life, Father. Father, I thank you for uh, Sherry, just for placing a mother in my life, Lord. Showing me the way, showing me how to be respectful to women and man, and just uh, conquering life, Lord. I uh, thank you for that, honestly, uh, Father. I thank you for my father, uh, Ricky, Henry. just allowing him just to deal with me, man. He's been by my side, never really turned against me, and I just thank you for that. He's always been a man in my life. So, I thank you for placing somebody who showed me you in my life, Lord. Uh, not a lot of people even get that chance to have somebody as amazing as him in their lives, Lord. So, I thank you so much, Father, because without you, nothing. Without you in their lives, they're nothing. And without you bringing them to me, Lord, I wouldn't even be here today, Father. So, Father, I thank you so much for what you have given to me. and. Allow me to just relax in Lord, and just showing me what the family is and showing me how to be loved, Father, and showing me everything. And just showing me what it's like to live by you and live through you and live with you and just continuing and just to bless me and, and my life. So I thank you so much for these guys. Uh, you couldn't have done it better uh, by placing me in this family. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
4: Amen. Sherry doesn't Sherry. want the microphone.
5: I just really want to, you know, thank everybody. I mean, I. It's we're we're going on uh, my 12th year as senior pastor here at this church, and you know the church has been through a, a lot of different evolutions. Um, you know, Janet is really like the only like original member; like she was a member of the church before I was, so there's been a lot of changes, and I can say that, you know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, you know, this is by far the best season of this church, the people that that God has brought uh, into my life, into this congregation, so, I mean, honestly, it is an honor and, and a privilege, and, I mean, I I would do it for no money, as a matter of fact, I have, um, but, <laughs> but, um uh, but, um, you know, I just, uh, God's given me a grace and I'm I'm thankful really for, for all of you. I mean, I, you know, there's a t-shirt that, you know, I've been seeing on the internet. It says, you know, this pastor has an awesome congregation and stuff. But in my case, I mean, that's absolutely true. So I appreciate each and every one of you guys. And um, if after service, if you want a double portion of the turd cleaning up anointing, I'll be praying for, you know, people to receive that. Uh, at, the end, at the end of service, so. um, you know, and I'm so thankful. So thank you guys for your, for your generosity. Um, we'll go ahead and we'll take today's uh, offering um, today. So I'll just pray over it really quickly and we'll let the guys uh, go around and uh, get that today. Uh, thank you for your generosity. God's going to do, uh, we're, we're just really at the beginning and we really, really are. Uh, in a new season, um, you know, the 12th year is God's number of government, and so God's going to put some things uh, into order for the new season that he's going into, so um, just, just really thankful for everything that he's going to do in the future. I mean, um, honestly, I went to, uh, I, I went to, uh, I was at a district pastors convention uh, last week, and when people ask and I tell them about the things that go on at our church on a regular basis, you know, people getting saved, getting baptized, getting set free, a steady stream of new people, community outreach, you know, having a men's home, having a vibrant youth group, having, uh, getting ready to open up the, the maternity home, I mean these are things that aren't common um, in a lot of churches. The, the flow of the Holy Spirit, the freedom Uh, that we have in in worship is just, you know, amazing. The worship team we have, I mean, it's just, you know, and I think that, you know, if if this is just all you know, you can kind of really take things for granted. And, you know, I would just encourage you to, you know, you you take a travel and you see what other churches are like and you realize that there is really something that's very special uh, in this church and that God's doing in this church. So. Um, I'm just going to pray we'll take today's offering, Lord, we just thank you for everything that you've given us, Lord, we thank you that you give seed to the sower, Lord, and according to your word, that you will take that seed and that you will multiply it uh, for the giver, Lord, that they would have an abundance for every good work, and we thank you in the name of Jesus, and everybody said, amen. Amen, as the guys go back and work their way back, I'm going to go ahead and grab my stuff, and we're going to get ready. Uh, to hear a word. We kind of were, we finished up our series on the Beatitudes. I hope that that was uh, good for everybody. I hope that you got uh, a lot out of that. But we are going to uh, change gears here. And um, we're going to get into a series really on spiritual warfare. And the the name of the series is going to be Christ the Victor. Uh, living in victory. How do we live um, in victory? And, you know, there's been a lot of teaching. There's a lot of teaching online about spiritual warfare, about casting out demons. There was a, a movie that came out that, um, that, that uh, Greg Locke, a pastor from Tennessee, uh, put out. Come out in Jesus' name. And there's been a lot of uh, pastors who have jumped on sort of this Deliverance train and and casting out demons and and things like that. And I I think that we can make two, uh, thank you, we can make two major errors uh, when it comes to this area of spiritual warfare. The one area is that everything's a demon, you know? So, you know, if my engine blows up on the way to church, that's a demon. Well, no, maybe you just didn't put oil. You didn't check your oil and your oil ran out, right? Everything, you know, if you're sneezing, it's a sneezing demon, you know, everything is a demon and you're just kind of constantly get on this like obsession where you're just obsessing over trying to, you know, see what's demonic. This is demonic. That's demonic. Like everything's demonic and they kind of get caught up in it. But then on the other extreme, you have people that just don't talk about it. And, and they just don't even think about it. They don't, they, they don't have a theology behind it. They've never seen it in their churches. And I, I can just tell you that, you know, the devil and demons are real, right? The Bible teaches about them. Jesus, he, he healed the sick. He preached the kingdom of God. And he cast out demons. The disciples in the book of Acts, you know, they preached the kingdom of God. They healed the sick. They cast out demons. His church is supposed to preach the kingdom of God, heal the sick, and cast out demons. That never went away, even though like what we kind of have in America is kind of a very watered-down Western Christianity, but not the Bible. And some of us, you know, we're, we're too distinguished or we're too practical to, to even think that, that things may be caused by demons. But, you know, there's a major mental health crisis in this country And, you know, sometimes it is just a mental health issue, but sometimes it is demonic. And you can't go to a psychiatrist for something that can only be cured by coming out in Jesus' name. And so you have to be aware of these things. And so that's why I'm going to kind of give an overview over the next uh, couple weeks of this concept of spiritual warfare. Because if we're going to engage this, we need to engage it biblically. We need to be aware of it. And we need to deal with it as the Bible deals with it, you know. And I, and I want to just, um, I, I want to give you guys just a caution. If you get into this area of, of deliverance and casting out demons, there is a lot of really messed up teaching out there. There's some good stuff, but there's some really wackadoodle type stuff. So you really got to kind of shield yourself from some of the false teaching. And I would just encourage you, you know, if you really are online, and and you get into somebody, and, um, you know, because this is the hot thing right now in Christianity, and people have decided that they can have a big following on YouTube by, you know, dragging people out and and casting out demons, you know, in front of the camera, and so I want it, I want us to have a biblical worldview of this, so if you have your Bibles, let's open up to the book of Colossians, chapter 2. And we're going to begin at verse 13, and that's where we're going to start today. That pray for the peace of Jerusalem was like for before, but it's all right. <laughs> It's all good. Colossians chapter 2, beginning in verse 13. If you're there, say amen. It says, and you... Go ahead, point to your neighbor, say you. And you, being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven... You all trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us. And He has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. Having disarmed principalities and powers, He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. If you would bow your heads and pray for today's message Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name that is above every name the name of Jesus Lord and I thank you for this day Lord and I thank you that you have come to set the captives free Lord so I pray that uh, through the revelation of the teaching and preaching of your word Lord that people would get free that your church would be strong Lord that we would know the truth and the truth would set us free Lord, so we give you all the honor and glory. Lord, I pray that my spirit would decrease and that your Holy Spirit would increase. In the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. So, I I can remember um, in March of 2013, I was sitting in my living room and they had, uh, the United States had declared war. Well, actually, they didn't declare war, but they decided to just attack um, Iraq. And, you know, I was watching, and they were doing something called shock and awe. And like, I mean, if you watched, it was just massive, like, bombardment. Like, boom, boom, boom. Just taking out the infrastructure, taking out the electric, taking out the utilities. I mean, just full scale. I mean, it was crazy, like, the amount of uh, just rockets and bombs that, that were being dropped um, on Baghdad at that time and then shortly after that uh, the American troops rolled in and um, just uh, maybe a few months later um, after that you've seen they, they had this whole optic where uh, George, George Bush was on this plane and he landed on this aircraft carrier and he kind of got out and he had a full flight suit on and he declared mission accomplished that we had won the war that was 2003 it wasn't until 2021 that President Trump so we went through two presidents we went through Barack Obama then we went through um, President Trump and then finally in 2021 American troops left Iraq 2003 victory was declared they didn't leave till 2021. And some of the fiercest fighting happened between like 2003 and 2007. So if the mission was accomplished in 2003, why was there still full-scale warfare going on until 2021? Well, what you really had is you had the, 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 the legitimate government of Iraq was displaced was defeated was torn down some of you guys might remember the the news reports where they had the big statue of Saddam Hussein and they had all these guys like kind of pulling the whole statue down so they pulled the statue down the government had had been defeated right so the the government of Iraq was defeated but what you had is you had these kind of stay behind terrorist cells terrorist networks that basically continued to fight they they were illegitimate they had no government they had no government authority their government had been defeated that gave rise to ISIS or you know ISIL depending on when they were talking about it they would change the name it was like confusing me you know like what the heck is what the heck is ISIL I thought it was ISIS and then they would say but anyway they, they would have the you know they had their own flag and everything but they really had no country they were completely illegitimate and they continued fighting even though their government was defeated. And if we're going to discuss anything about spiritual warfare, we have to begin with the fact that any authority or any power that Satan and demons had was stripped away at the cross. He is a a defeated foe. You know, just like Saddam Hussein, just like the government of Iraq was defeated and torn down, Satan and demons are sort of like this stay-behind kind of terrorist army that is completely opposed to the inbreaking of the kingdom of God, and they do all they can to thwart the the, the promises of God. According to this passage of Scripture, when, when you gave your life to Jesus, when you said yes to Jesus... You didn't just merely find religion. It said that you were dead in your trespasses and sins. But because you said yes to Jesus, you were actually brought to life. And it says that you have been forgiven of all trespasses. You know what all means in the Greek? It means all. How about in the Hebrew? What does all mean? How about in American? What does all mean? it means all right so so if you are in Christ I want you to hear this you are forgiven you are clean your sins have been forgiven past present and future well I, I know my sins have been forgiven in the in the past but you know how can you say in the future when Jesus died all your sins were future Jesus is eternal, he's outside of time that's why his sacrifice is one sacrifice for all time, for past, present and future, right? he's fully man so he could stand for the sacrifice of man but yet he was fully God so he's eternal so he pays for sins in all of eternity so you can't be a lawbreaker if the law was taken away when I lived in, when I lived in Germany, um, one of the the best signs that you would see is they actually had a white sign and, and it had a white sign and it had a, a cro- like a like a you know like how we would have like a no smoking but like it would have a circle with a slash, but it was like just a white circle and it would have three slashes coming down, and that means that you have no restrictions, so you could pass, you could drive as fast as you want, you could do whatever you want so you couldn't get a speeding ticket because there was no speed limit. There was no way to get a speeding ticket, and so you could drive as fast as you want. Now, you know, does that mean that you could drive 120 miles an hour and wreck and kill yourself? Well, if you want to be that dumb, you could, but there was no way that you could get a ticket because the speed limit was removed. You and I are not under the law. We're under grace, Right? That's what the Word says. Verse 14, it says this, it says that He wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and He has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. This, this word that the handwriting of requirements, it was sort of like a promissory note. Like if you had a debt, like if you were buying a car and you had to sign all that paperwork or if you were buying a house and you had a mortgage, right? There was a promissory note of, of a debt that, that you had to pay. You were in debt and, you know, if you didn't pay that debt, they could come and they could, you know, bring the tow truck and hook up to your car and repo it if, if they can find it or, you know, they can come and, and and, you know they can evict you out of your house and take your house back if you don't pay the debt well back then in ancient times they didn't have bankruptcy so if you didn't pay the debt then that person who you owed a debt to was actually allowed to take you into slavery along with your family so if you didn't pay your debts you could end up as a slave and and your family could end up as slaves and you could have a generation Generation after generation stuck in slavery because of a debt that that one of their relatives did not pay You and I had a debt of sin that we could never pay and so because of that it was like we were we were slaves to sin and and before we said yes to Jesus there was a legal right that Satan had to us to torment us, to come into our life, to try to destroy us, to try to control us, because we had a debt that we could not pay. However, there's this old song that I love so much. It says, once I was standing on the auction block of sin, Satan, he owed me, I had no joy within, but ownership was transferred way back in Calvary. And Jesus said, I bought you son, and now you are free. See, Jesus Christ, the victor, he walked up and he said, give me that promissory note, that note that had every sin that you committed, every transgression that you've done. He said, give me that. I'm going to pay for that. I'm going to take that debt. I'm going to pay for it in my lifeblood. And when he did that, he nailed your debt to the cross and then he disarmed principalities and powers saying that he triumphed over them publicly the boy in the book of first corinthians it says that if the rulers of this world speaking of the devil and demons that they would have never crucified the lord of glory what seemed like the greatest defeat became the greatest victory that the world has ever seen and and God gave me a word this morning to to prophesy in this atmosphere and declare that that there's people in there that what looks like your greatest defeat is going to be your greatest victory in Jesus name come on somebody he's going to take your greatest defeat Right at the cross, it looked like it was over. On Good Friday, it looked like it was over. It looked like the devil won. But early on Sunday morning, the stone was rolled away and Jesus came out victorious over death, hell, and the grave. And he can do that for you. If you think that you're dying, if you think that you're not going to make it, he can take your greatest defeat and turn it into your greatest victory. He can take your test and make it your testimony. He can take your mess and He can make it into your message. He can take your tragedy and turn it into a triumph. You know, some of us, you know, we struggle. You know, some of our kids are, are wayward and, and it hurts us every day thinking about that our kids are out there and we want them to serve Jesus. Listen, I heard a testimony when I was away at conference about a girl who grew up, her parents were pastors. And she's sitting on this stage with, with her and her husband talking about how they met at the trap house. I didn't really know what a trap, I mean, I heard people say trap house, but it was a place where people got high, people did drugs, things like that. So her parents were pastors. She grew up at church, but she was wayward. Her parents had threw her out and the devil probably thought he had her at that point. But guess what? She had some parents that continued to pray, that continued to stand in faith, They continued to believe God and not get swayed by by, by what the situation looked like, by what she looked like, by what her situation was in. And she was there in 2023, married, serving the Lord, going to church, preaching to pastors. Amen. And God can do the same for you. Some of you, you've you've had an addiction, and and the devil used it to destroy your life, but for some of you, that's exactly how you found God, and God is going to use you, not only set you free from every addiction, but He's going to send you out amongst addicted people and say, I know where you've been, I know what it is to jones for a drug to be addicted, but I know what it is to be free, and I know what it is to walk with the Lord, and he set me free, and he can set you free too. Amen. Amen. Some of you are so poor, you're, you're po, you can't even afford the O or the R, but I can tell you that in Jesus' name, God is going to raise you up. Amen? And, and he's going to take you places that you never thought you would go. Some of you, you're, 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 you're sick, and, and you, you're tired, and you feel like, you, you feel like that, that you're never going to get out of it, but can I tell you? that the healer is still among us and he's going to heal you and he's going to set you free and you're going to have a testimony if you and I are in Christ hear me now Satan has no right to afflict your body to afflict your mind to come against your children to come against your marriage and come against your finances because he is a defeated foe But my Bible says that my people perish for a lack of knowledge. And because many people aren't taught the truth about who they are in Christ. And they have not been taught the truth about spiritual warfare. Satan is afflicting them and demons are afflicting them. And, And we're not to be scared of this stuff. But we should know and we should understand it. And when it is time to go to war, we go to war and we fight to win and we fight from victory. The Bible says we are not to be ignorant of Satan's devices. That means we're not supposed to be ignorant of his methods and the tactics that he uses to attack us and get us off track. And you know what his main method is? It's to come against your mind again and again and again and again and put thoughts in your head. You're not a real Christian. If you were really saved, would you be doing this? Would you be acting like this? You know, no one really likes you. No one really likes you in that church. Nobody wants to spend time with you. You'll never succeed. You'll always be a loser. rest of your family was losers. You're going to be a loser too. Why don't, you just, why don't you just kill yourself? The world is better without you. Again and again. He bombards you. It's like he makes a road and he, and he drives. And, and, and he, he, he puts these deception and, and, and these negative thoughts about yourself and, and about God. God doesn't love you. He doesn't really love you. He knows what you did. I mean, yeah, whatever. He, you know, they say that he forgave you and he died on the cross. But you're not really, you're not really forgiven. He knows what you did. He's, he has he's, he's, he to punish you for the mistakes that you made. You made one too many mistakes. And, you know, yeah, I see, you know, God's, fit, God's favor's on their life. But it's for them and it, it's not for them. You see what it is? It's accusations. It's lies that, that, that come against you again and again and again. I, I want to get into a passage in Revelation 12, and uh, I don't want to take too long, but I, I need to just kind of wrap this up. And uh, if you have your Bibles, let's go to Revelation 12 really quick. Can you give me about 10 more minutes? All right, we're going to dismiss service. Thank you, guys. One person's good. Everybody's like, nah, we're kind of, we need to kind of go to lunch, the Steeler games today. We're trying to eat and make it home before kickoff. I promise I won't go any longer than I need to. (laughs) Revelations 12. Can I go another 10 minutes? Revelation 12 let's read it together now I, I want to I, I want to get into this and I know a lot of you guys have been taught that you can't really understand uh, the book of Revelations uh, but you can uh, he wouldn't have put it in there you can and, and maybe there might be things that you know kind of seem like a little hard to, to wrap your mind around this isn't one of them. And we're going to get into it. Um, And and a lot of it, some of it is for the end times, but some of it is for now. And and the reason why Nancy was talking about that whole war that's going on in Israel is because there's some prophetic significance. Because, like, according to the end times, for the Antichrist to actually be prominent, right, that's the, he's going to sign a peace treaty with Israel. So the only reason that you would want to sign a peace treaty was if there was a war right there's nothing to uh there's nothing to uh to 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 make peace with if there's no war so I'm not saying this is the war where the Antichrist is but 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 it could be it could be we could be at that point so that's why it's significant to kind of watch uh what happens there and so let's get into Revelations chapter 12 if you're there say amen it says, now a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a garland of 12 stars. Then being with child, she cried out, cried out in labor, in pain, to give birth. Um, without going into a whole big thing, the woman is Israel, and we could get into that at the, the same uh, you know, if you look at the, the vision that Joseph had back in Genesis, but it's just the, the woman depicted in this represents Israel. The child that she's going to give birth to is Jesus, right? Jesus came through the Jews, came through the nation of Israel. So that's what that, uh, th- those, those pictures mean. And opposition arises. In verse 3, it says, Another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great fiery red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven diadems on his head. His tail drew a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth to devour her child as soon as it was born. So the devil uh, is, is identified here and stood before the woman, which is what? Israel, come on, you guys got to stay with me here. Before the woman. So the devil stands before Israel to devour the male child, which is Jesus. How? Do you guys remember? We've been taught it in the Christmas story forever that Herod wanted to kill every child born in, in, in Israel that was under the age of two. And Joseph and Mary had to escape to go to Egypt. That was the devil's plan to devour the male child. But the angel warned Joseph and Mary and and they went to Egypt, so the devil's plan was thwarted. Verse 5 says, she bore a male child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. Again, another prophetic reference to Jesus. And her child was caught up to God and his throne. So despite the actions of the devil, Jesus the Messiah was born, he lived the perfect life, he was crucified, and then he was caught up to God at his throne. That that speaks of the ascension, right? Acts chapter 1, where they were standing around Jesus and they watched him go into the clouds, right? He was caught up, right? Today Jesus is seated at the right hand of God. So, so he was ascended so he was caught up to God and and his throne shout amen if you're on board with me amen verse six and then the woman fled into the wilderness where she has a place prepared by God that she that they should feed her there one thousand two hundred and sixty days so so these this verse in particular does speak to future events and it's Where Israel's remnant because of the attack of the Antichrist army they will have to flee uh, for like three and a half years now the vision is going to shift to heaven where the war has started there's a war that started in heaven he's given this vision of this war because Jesus is born right he's paid the, the debt of sin and every attempt that the devil made to destroy the bloodline through which Jesus would come has failed. Back in Genesis chapter 3, right after the fall, there's this prophetic declaration that God gives and, and, and he tells Satan that through the seed of the woman would come one who you would bruise his heel, but he would crush your head. So Satan, not knowing exactly what that means, made all these attempts to destroy the bloodline. Because if he can destroy the bloodline, then he can stop the seed of the woman from coming and crushing his head. Nobody wants to get their head crushed, even Satan. Unfortunately, it happened. He got his head crushed, right? He had, so you have Cain and Abel, right? So he put it. In, into the heart of Cain to to murder his brother, right? And then and then murder and violence, you know, begins to take place in the world. And we have the, the the narrative in in Genesis chapter six about the Nephilim and the Watchers and and the fallen angels who cohabitated with women to to destroy the bloodline, and that brought upon the flood of Noah. And then you see with Moses, right, all the male children were ordered to be exterminated by the Pharaoh. But Moses was saved. Why? Because it's an attempt to destroy the bloodline. And we can go on and on, you can talk about Esther and the Jews almost being exterminated, and that's what the whole Bible, that's why all the genealogies are so important, because it shows the bloodline that was preserved so that Jesus, the Messiah, the Savior, could come and fulfill that prophecy that took place back in Genesis 3.15 about the seed of the woman who would crush the head of Satan. Herod, we talked about Herod killing the babies. But, but, But at the cross, Jesus succeeded in what he wanted to do, And now every attempt that the devil made has failed. He's been disarmed. His head has been crushed. He's been stripped of every rightful authority and power. And so that leaves him with only one option. And that happens in verse 7. And war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought, but they did not prevail nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil of Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ had come for the accuser of our brethren who accused them before God day and night has been cast down, and they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives until the death. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and sea, for the devil has come down to you, having great wrath, because he knows that he has a short time. So why is all that significant? We know that the devil has been cast down to earth. The heavens have been shut for him and now he has great wrath and now he's trying to steal, kill and destroy as much as he possibly can. But for us who are the body of Christ, that isn't going to be your lot in life. To be stolen from, to be killed, to be destroyed. That's not your lot in life because Jesus said that I have come. That you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. That is your inheritance. The accuser of the brethren has been cast out. So he can no longer accuse God about you. God's complaint department from the devil is closed. The case has been closed. And and if I am in Christ, I need you guys to get this. Your sins have been forgiven you have been made new you're loved with the very same love that the Father loves the Son because the Bible says that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus Amen. amen that's who you are and so the devil can't accuse you to God he can only accuse you to you and so it's up to you to either receive or reject the enemy's accusations. And and, and I don't let any thought just bounce around in my head. And and the reason that some of you, and I'm not trying to be unkind here, but the reason that some of you have so many problems is you think that all those negative thoughts that, that, that are in your head is from you. But it's not. It's from the accuser. It's from the deceiver. It's from the enemy who wants to steal, kill and destroy. He's given you all these negative thoughts, lies about you that's bouncing around in your head and you're allowing Satan to have free reign in your mind, entertaining the thoughts and you're not doing what the Bible says to take every thought captive and take it obedient to God. Like, those thoughts in your mind, like, are lies. If it doesn't line up to this word, it's a lie. And Satan is the father of all lies. So when the devil just begins to, to speak and lie to you and say that you're going to die. You say, you know what, devil? The Bible says that with long life you will satisfy. And by his stripes I am healed. And when the devil says, you're never going to be happy and you're always going to be miserable you say that, that my word says that in the presence of the Lord is is a fullness of joy and the joy of the Lord is my strength and when you hear the devil say to you that God is mad at you and and he doesn't love you anymore you, you just look in the word and say I have not been called to wrath and the Bible says that God loves me so much that he sent his son down to earth to die for me the Bible says that I am the apple of his eye and it says that the father literally sings songs over you because he loves you so much and so what are you going to do you're going to believe the lies that bounce around in your head and let them take root or are you going to believe what the word of God says who you are you have a choice believe what the devil says believe what God says. If you believe what God says then the devil will not get a foothold in your life. Amen. But if you allow every thought of the world or every thought that comes in your mind to bounce around and take root and you begin to say it and you begin to speak it then you begin to get an agreement with it and when you get an agreement with it then you allow the devil to get a foothold in your life and start wreaking havoc and doing what he can do and do what he does which is to steal to kill and to destroy. And beloved, you need to stay rooted in who God says you are. In the truth of God's word. And, and, and understand that although you may not be perfect, God sees you in a finished state. you got to understand that. Like, God doesn't start something until he already finishes it. That's why we have Genesis and Revelation. That's why it says He's the Alpha and the Omega. The beginning and the end. When He starts something, He finishes it. And it's even though you might not feel like it now. You may not feel like a saint. You might not feel like you're the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. The Bible says that He who started a good work in you will take it to completion. And what does that look like? That you have been predestined To be conformed into the image of His Son. So God sees you as an already completed work. Because in the mind of God, He knows where He's taking you. And that's where He sees you at. And you can rest in that. And you can stay rooted in that. Because Christ is the victor. Somebody say that. Christ is the victor. His victory is my victory. The devil is under my feet, and my inheritance is forgiveness. My inheritance is joy. My inheritance is peace. Health and healing are mine. Prosperity is mine. And everything else that Christ has won for us that that we don't even know about that said Ephesians chapter 1, that we have every spiritual blessing in heavenly places is mine. Amen. And today we celebrate that victory as we take the Lord's Supper together. Um, If you did not get an element, a cup, if you want to just raise your hand up and an usher will come around to you. You and I are victorious in Christ. When you understand who you are, you understand that God has already given you the victory. That's how your faith operates. Faith does not operate in, okay, once everything looks peachy, once everything looks great, then I, I celebrate and I praise Him. And I'm happy for that. That's that's a fulfillment of a promise. But faith says that. I may not, I may not be, I might not have possession of the victory, but because I am victorious in Christ, I know that I'm heading there. So I can rest easy. So that when there's a storm on the sea, I can just lay down like Jesus and go to sleep on the boat. When, when, just like Peter, when Peter was captured and they were going to cut his head off, he just laid down and went to sleep. Why? Because the victory is his. The victory is his. He didn't have to fret about it. He didn't have to stress about it. He didn't have to worry about it. He just said, I know that I'm victorious in Christ and I know that God's got me and that it's all gonna work out the way that God intended it to and there's not a thing that the devil can do about it. Amen? Amen. Uh, let's just take a, a moment and Let's just allow the Lord to to search our heart and uh, let's allow the Lord to just speak to us. And I want the Lord to really speak to us about lies that we have believed. Is there a lie that you've believed about yourself? Something that you allowed to get in your mind and kind of take root? And so this is what you need to do. You just, you repent, excuse me, you repent for believing that lie. You, ju- you just repent. We're, we're going to repent. I'm not going to believe that lie anymore, right? Repentance is, it is turning. So if I believe the lie, I'm going to turn from that lie, repent for believing the lie, and I'm going to turn and I'm going to face the truth of God about who he says I am. And we're going to take communion together, and, you know, the Bible has a passage where it talks about not taking communion unworthily. And it says that there were, you know, people who, um, they, they took communion unworthily, and so because of that, many are sick and dying. And And I was always taught that, you know... Well, you know, you better not take communion if you have any kind of sin in your life, because if if so, then God's going to make you sick and kill you. I, I mean, have, have, I mean, anyone else been kind of taught that that that's that's religion? That's religion. And then one day, I, I it's like it flipped, and, and I began reading the scriptures, and and it said, could it be that that taking the, the body and the blood of Jesus in an unworthy manner is not realizing everything that he did at the cross, that he died not just to forgive you, but also to heal your body, also to, to heal your family, to heal your mind, right? Could that be, so, so we took it unworthily because we didn't give it the power that it deserved and so because of that, people have died before their time because they didn't realize that there's healing in the body and blood of Jesus Christ. Who? Okay, well, you can't take communion unless you have, unless you have zero sin in your life. Really? Really? So I guess none of us are taking communion. And I guess God got a lot of people on the hit list. Right? But that's religion. Religion. That's religion. Oh, you know what? I, I took communion and, you know, I had that dirty thought. Man, you know, now God's going to strike me dead. No, that, that's taking communion in an unworthily because you're attributing things to the Father. Some of us get it so mixed up. The Bible says that every good and perfect gift comes from the Father. Amen. That in Him is only light, that there is no darkness in Him at all. So as we take our communion together, I I want us to, to think of the psalm where it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefits, who forgives us of all our sins and heals us from all our disease. Go ahead and take the bread. Lord, we thank you for your body. We thank you for your word that says that by... Your stripes. We are healed. We are healed. Lord, we come against any thought, any, any word that is contrary, that we have been healed. That we are healed. That we are whole. That we are healthy. That, are, that we have a sound mind. We come against any label that we put on our lives. We've come against any lie that has even been spoken by doctors. And we come into alignment with what the Word of God says. That by your stripes we are healed. Thank you, Lord, for your healing. And we take the cup. And we got to remember... That the Bible says the blood of Jesus takes away our sins. It doesn't just cover our sins. The blood of bulls and goats covered sins. They were still there, but they were covered by animal blood. But the blood of Jesus is a whole different thing. It cleans us. It takes it away. Gone. Gone. And if you're sitting here remembering it, the Bible says that God doesn't remember our sins. It's not that He can't, it's just that He has chosen not to. So if you're in a place where you're saying, well, I know that I'm forgiven, but I just can't forgive myself. Then, then you're, you're making the cross of Christ of no effect. And you're making yourself in the position of God. Can we just be grateful? Can we just say thank you, Jesus, for taking away my sins? Amen? Amen. Lord, I thank you for your blood. I thank you for the blood of Jesus that takes away every sin and every stain. And I pray the blood of Jesus on the families in here, on marriages in here, on this church on our possessions. And Lord, we thank you, Lord, that we are protected, that we are empowered, and we thank you that Satan is under our feet and that the accuser has been disarmed because we have been forgiven, we have been washed, and we have been cleansed by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Go ahead and take the cup. Amen. And then if we could stand to our feet. I don't know what I don't know what you guys had in mind today for a closing song. I would love to hear nothing but the blood of Jesus. I know it's pretty simple. I don't mean to throw you guys for a loop. It's your birthday. It's It's my birthday. (laughs) Gotta do what I want. It's my birthday. We gotta do so i know point. that i know that there's a potluck and there's lunch but can we just celebrate the victory today and, and and in light of of what i preach today can can we sing this song really knowing the meaning coming into the understanding of what jesus had done for us god's not mad at you right now, if you're not a Christian, if you're outside His will, yeah, I mean, the Bible says God's storing up wrath for you. So you're in trouble. So you got to give your life to Christ. But if we're in the covenant, if we're under the blood, we've been forgiven. Amen? Amen.
2: Thank you, Lord.
5: Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord.
6: Nothing that our God can do. nothing that he can restore.
0: He me. Thank you, Lord.
5: Thank you, Lord. We praise you. We honor you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Worthy is the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of this world. And you know, I, I maybe some of the things that I taught you seems a little radical today, but that's where our praise comes from. Yes. That's why it's amazing grace. That's why we love so much because he who has forgiven much loves much. And that's why we love much because we know who we are in Christ. Over the next couple weeks, I want you to come back. We're gonna talk about The two biggest things when it comes to spiritual warfare, agreement and authority. We're going to talk about those things and you're going to be ready after these next three weeks to charge hell with a squirt gun. Amen. Go ahead and raise your hands to heaven. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. This service is dismissed. I'll see you guys in the hall. Stick around for fellowship. God bless you. Love you.
2: We should do that. Huh? Have we done this song before? I don't know. No. Dude,
6: good job on correcting the lyrics. No, I, I, thought, you
2: I thought you were actually in the flow. So you, I thought you were mentally or purposely actually. I did. Play. That's what That's I thought. the thought. way
6: I know it, but that, I, did, I don't know, like, <laughs> I guess how it actually is. Because I don't really listen to this Yeah, yeah. No, I yeah.
2: thought you were in the spirit. I'm like, let him go. I'm like, yeah, like it yeah, made yeah, perfect yeah, What you were saying yeah. made perfect sense. I yeah. was like, oh, let us stop it.